And good morning again. It's always good to be here, even when it's the Sunday that people do sleep in, but I'm glad you're here. A few more trickled in while we were doing our welcome, and a few more might in a few moments. So, but we're glad that you're here today nonetheless. God is good, amen? amen. All right. Uh, I, I wrote down a question. Are you hard of hearing? Well, here's one for you. An, old, an older couple was sitting outside in their rocking chairs one afternoon, and she looked at her husband of 60-plus years, and she simply said, I'm proud of you. He turned to her and simply said, I'm tired of you too. <laughs> she said, well, thank you. She looked around at the trees moving and swaying, and she said, it's Wednesday today. He said, it's not Wednesday today, it's Thursday Hopefully we won't be hard of hearing when it comes to listening to the Word of God. But I'm afraid at times we really are. I think what happens to us often in our lives, and I know it's happened to me from time to time, we read it or we've heard it, and then we'll begin to read it again. We say to ourselves, like we have maybe a book that we've read, and we simply say, oh, I remember reading that, and we kind of skip past and look to something else. God's Word is meant for us to digest. It's meant for us to inhale. It is meant for us so that we might have these lives in which God would have us to have with great blessing, even while we're here on earth. There's a story told of Charles Blondin, I believe it is, I'm not sure, the great tightrope walker, while performing a cable across Niagara Falls, he asked the audience, how many of you here believe that I can walk across the tightrope pushing a wheelbarrow? And everyone in the audience said, yeah, you can do it, you can do it, and they were all excited. To which he said, how many of you in this place or at this place think that I can walk across this with a wheelbarrow with a man inside the wheelbarrow? Well, they all screamed and hollered and said, yes, yes, yes. And he looked at the most enthusiastic man in the crowd and he pointed to him and said, you can get in the wheelbarrow. <laughs> to which he made a quick exit. I wonder about us sometimes, and I say us, meaning me as well, but I wonder sometimes, are we all in or are we just in it or are we in the process of just cheering for those who might be in it? We need to either be in or not in. We all know that. So today, on this Sunday, we're going to make it maybe more condensed in the, in the sense of knowing what Sunday it is here. I'm going to give you some verses that you probably know by heart. And once again, it's one of those verses you can say, yeah, yeah, and then move on. I'm going to take my nap and catch up that extra little bit of sleep. But I pray that that's not the case. Let's look at Romans chapter 12, verse number 2. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Much to be said about that verse. I believe there's at least four weeks of messages in just that one verse, no doubt. But we won't take that long, I promise. And today I want to look at the word, or right now, I want to look at the word of uh, conform. To conform simply means to act or be in agreement with. That's what it means. 
In this verse, it means stop. It means stop agreeing with the world. Now, one might say, why in the world would we stop agreeing with the world? Well, the truth is because the world's messed up. The truth is the world, well, let's just let Scripture tell it for us. First John chapter 2, I want to read it, um, verses 15, 16, and 17, but I've flip-flopped them, if you will. I'm going to start with 17 and work backwards, if you will. And the world is passing away, and the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. Verse 16. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. Verse 15. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. I believe the more that you know of God, I believe, will cause you to want less of the world. And I also believe the less you know about God, the more you will desire the world. So the question, which is, would be, what side of that coin are you on? Do you want to know more of God, or do you, do, or do you desire more of the world? The more you know of God and what it is that He wants for your life is what will transform you in your life. But the question is, do you know why? Well, the truth is, is because He holds life within His hands. And at the end of the world, there is nothing without Him. When you close your eyes for that last time, there's nothing of the world left. Only to face God. In Matthew 16 it says this, For what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? It's all yours and you say, Man, I've got everything a person could want. And then it's over. Just that quick. As his children, we often don't receive the things. And I've said this many times. In fact, I looked it up, and you can type in and see where you've used things before. And this particular statement, I've probably used at least two or three dozen times. But I believe it with all my heart. And that's why I use it over and over again. As his children, we often don't receive the things, the blessings from him, not because they are not available, but because we don't know they are available. If you know they're available, then you can come into an agreement with him on those things that he says can be yours while you're here. And it works that way in all of our lives. Salvation comes that way, and every other blessing from God comes that way. Let's start from the beginning. God created you. God created life and gives life. God, the creator of life, says... That all sin and fall short of my glory. God says that when one sins, there's a price that has to be paid. That price is a thing called death. And we simply say, we're in trouble. But God says, I love you so much that I will send my son like Bob taught us this morning while communion was taking place. That I love you so much that I will send my son and that if you put your faith, hope, and trust in him, you, and come into an agreement that he did that for you, salvation can be yours. But until you come into an agreement with that, you are lost. 
And all other blessings from God work the same way. You have to know what they are, and you have to conform or come into an agreement with them for them to come to pass in your life. Romans chapter 12, verse 2 again. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The word transform means change, alter, or convert. Now why in the world would God want to change us, alter us, or convert us after he created us? Well, so that you and I can see what is available in him and not in the world. You see, what happens, we're born into the world, and so therefore, we are guided by the world's thoughts. We can't help it. It's just a natural thing. We're guided by what the world says because we're in the world that God placed us. But in that same process, we're tempted through that process to look at the world's way as the right way. But God says, what I want for you, until you get what I have for you and come into an agreement with what I say, you will always lean to the world side of things. I could ask this morning, are you conservative or are you liberal? And you would say, well, that depends. And it does, doesn't it? It depends on what one describes as conservative or liberal, isn't it? Sure it is. But God is saying, what I want to know from you is, will you come into an agreement with me, God? And if you come into an agreement with me, you will be led in the right direction of your life. Listen to what happens. You see, the world is tempting. It looks good until you get it. And then when you get it, what happens? Scripture tells us plainly what happens in James. When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each person, that's you and me, is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desires and enticed by the world. Then after the desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. Remember what sin cost? Sin cost you death. When it says here, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. Notice that. Therefore, this is why it is so vital for us as Christians, as God's people, to ask God to open our hearts so that we might see what God would have us to see in our lives so that we don't give birth to death, but we give birth to life in Christ Jesus. Give me an amen. Now here's a verse that you all know. You know it by heart. You've probably heard it many times, and maybe you've even quoted it. Maybe you've memorized it. But there's a difference in memorizing God's Word and applying God's Word to your life. I know a lot of people that can memorize a lot of verses. But God is wanting to know if you'll take what I give you and apply it to your life. This verse really opens up for you and for me if we will let it work in our lives. It's very simple. The Lord says this, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone, which includes you, for everyone who asks receives, for everyone who seeks finds, and for everyone who knocks the door will be opened. When is the last time that you not only memorized that verse or put it to memory, but applied it to your life. Let's find out. 
In Matthew chapter 9, there's a scripture there, and I'd like to spend just a little bit of time there to kind of point out some things that will hopefully help us before we leave today. I'd like to point out here that Jesus has asked two blind men who had come for a healing and then maybe asked the question for us as well. So if you were blind, would you want to see? Of course you would. Well, the truth is, in our world, because again, we were born in the world, God places it in the world, I believe that we are all have an element of blindness about us. We may not know it, but it's there nonetheless. And that element of blindness causes us to look at the world differently and to God differently. And what God wants to do is open our eyes to see Him clearly. Because once you see God clearly, you see the world in its ways clearly. So there's a difference the way we approach it. Let's find out. As Jesus went from there, two blind men followed him, calling out, Have mercy on us, son of David. Hang on to that. When he had gone indoors, the blind men came to him, and he asked them, Do you believe that I am able to do this? Now I would say, don't quickly jump to the reply, because that's what we want to do. Because if I asked you today, do you believe that God can do anything that He wants to do? Everybody in here would say, yes. But do you? Let's find out. In this process, the reply has to be connected to something. It has to be connected to a belief, not just words for it to work. Yours does as well. They had to see before they could actually see. And you say, that doesn't make sense. If you're a Christian, it should make complete sense. That's what God is asking us to do, is to see before we see. Really? Yes. 2 Corinthians 5 says, For we walk by faith and not by sight. We walk by faith and not by sight. Our faith sees long before our sight ever sees. Our sight is in faith first. This is where we get mixed up. We look, we see, we determine. God says, look at me, see, and then do. It's, it's hard for us. This is a challenge for us. The world says it makes no sense, but the Christian that says, I have faith in God, is actually saying that when they apply it to their life. Notice the response. Yes, Lord. That's it. Yes, Lord. Then he touched their eyes and said, now watch this, according to your faith, will it be done to you? According to their faith, it will be done. Their faith had something to do with what was just about to happen. According to your faith, it will be done to you. And their sight was restored. So their faith must have been in something they could see before they saw. Do you see what I'm talking about? Well, hang on. Maybe you will before it's over with. And then Jesus warned them, and this is one of the strangest verses or segment here, two, two sentences that Jesus states in Scripture, I think. 
because he says, see that no one knows about this, but they went out and spread the news all about it all over the region. Don't you find that interesting? How are you going to pretend to be blind when you now can see for the very first time? How are you going to do that? What's going to happen when you're sitting at the table and you say, pass the green beans, and somebody says, how do you know they're green? Well, the sky sure is blue today. How do you know it's blue? I don't know how anyone could keep quiet. I think it's there just to, to, to allow us to just say, hmm, I wonder about that verse. Because he says it on different occasions, he does that. And then on some occasions, he says, make sure you go and tell some people about it. Which one are you? Our faith sees long before our sight. According to their faith, faith in what? Notice this, faith cometh by hearing and hearing the word of God. Give me an amen. So faith cometh by hearing and hearing the word of God. Where do you get faith? In the word of God. If you read the Word of God, you get faith. You see how it works? God puts it out there plainly for us. These men were just coming into an agreement. They were coming into an agreement with what they had heard. Now, what had they heard? Well, why do you think they said, you remember when I said, hang on to son of David? Why do you think they said son of David? They said son of David because that's something that they knew about because they had been told that the Messiah would come through the line of David. And it was promised in Scripture that they had heard that that would happen. And what would happen when he comes? Watch. Matthew chapter 1, the book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David. They heard that. They believed that but they had not saw that. See it? I hate to keep saying that, but that's what I got. All right? And notice now, the son of David, which is the King David, in the Old Testament, writes Psalms, and notice what he says in 146, the Lord gives sight to the blind. These blind men had heard that there was one that was coming and his name was Jesus and that he could restore their sight. And Jesus said, according to your faith, it will be delivered to you. Their faith was in what they saw beyond their sight because they were truly blind. These men, these blind men, believed that with all of their heart. Or it would have read differently. One received their sight, one didn't receive their sight. Or both did not receive their sight and went away sad. I think this applies to us in our lives. Again, they could see before they could see. Your faith sees it long before it comes to pass. How? Let's do a little test. Do you believe? And the answer is, and the answer is? Yes. Very good. Just in case somebody's listening to this later on, they'll know that at least somebody was here. So do you believe? Yes. Very good. Do you believe that he can, that he can save you? If you say, well, I don't know, I sure hope so. In the end, I sure hope that I've done enough. Then you don't believe. You say you do, but do you? Do you believe that he can make you well? 
Well, I sure hope so. I don't know, I'm taking this medication and I'm just trying to do, and boy, I sure don't get that virus. I got a couple masks in here. I'm going to be wearing them every day. And Do you believe? Do you believe that it can deliver you from an addiction? Well, I've tried everything I know. I've, I've gone to this clinic and I've gone to that clinic and I've got this patch and I've got that patch and I just can't seem to get over that. And you don't believe. It's got to be connected to something that's deep. It's got to be something that you see before you see it. And that goes against our nature, but not against God and His nature. Do you believe that He can change your vocabulary? Do you believe that He can change your attitude? Do you believe that He can take your life to a whole new level? If you believe that, you come into an agreement with that, and God can do extraordinary things with that. But if your answer is, yes, I believe, but it's not, I believe, it's just, yes, Lord, you can do anything. But probably not for me. We are God's children. And He wants to know if we believe that He can do it. And when you and I, or anyone for that matter, comes into an agreement with Him, something is about to happen in their life. Please understand that when these two blind men received their sight, it was not because they stood at the window and dreamed about it. Oh, I just dreamed about it. It was just wonderful. No, they didn't do that. It was because they believed he had and was able to do it. Their answer was yes. We know that you can because we know we can't. Because if we could have, we would have. Long before now. You remember the woman with the bleeding issue? Remember she spent everything she had. She spent it all. All the doctors, no help, no hope. But she believed. She believed, her belief was so strong that she said to herself, I believe that if I just touch the hem of his garment, that I'll be well. And she was well. That's true belief. Do we have that kind of belief in our lives? Do we really have that in our lives? These guys had gone to bed every single night before this one, hoping that the next day would be a sight to see. And today, their sight was standing right in front of them. He's standing right in front of them. Can you imagine standing in the presence of someone that could give you sight? I, I looked up this video and I couldn't find it. I, I saw it on TV and it wasn't too long ago. And I was hoping it was maybe on YouTube just to show you the clip. But maybe you can look that up and find it for yourself. It was a little boy that he could actually see, but he could not see colored. Anybody ever see that? Well, Google it. This will be a good one for you. Google that sometime and look at it. And somebody's doing it right now. But um, this little boy could not see any color whatsoever. And he receives these pair of glasses that it can allow him to see color for the first time. He's just a little tyke, maybe three, four years old. Can't remember quite. But I remember when his parents gave him those glasses, they were videotaping it, and he slipped those glasses on, and the expression on his face was priceless. 
He was just running around with his arms stretched out. And you could just see that. And here are two men that are blind. Close your eyes for a second. Imagine that the rest of your life. Open your eyes. Now praise God. Praise God. Because you can see. Wow. These men were actually saying to Jesus, I believe, we cannot see you with our physical sight. You already know that. But Lord, we see you with our spiritual sight. And we believe the answer is yes, that you can do all things. The scripture tells us in Romans chapter 4, 17, the God who gives life to the dead and calls into being things that were not. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? In that process, what God is asking us to do when we read Scripture is to believe what He tells us. For when we believe what He tells us, we act upon that, come into an agreement, and things begin to happen in our life. The struggle with Christians is this. We read God's Word, and we fail or we forget to say we believe it. Read the Scripture and say, God, I believe that. Help me to believe it even more. Help me to believe by your stripes I am healed. And God, if you choose to, you can heal me of this. You can heal this person of this because you're no less God today than the the God of the Old Testament. You're the same yesterday and today and forevermore. Stand in belief. Well, somebody's going to think I'm nuts. God won't. And he's the one that counts most of all. Because God says, I want to see my people have that kind of belief. Our impossibilities are never a problem with God. But they're always a problem with us. And I am convinced that if we would have a, we would have a lot less problems in our world if we would just do what he has told us to do. Turn it over to him and simply say, God, open our eyes and open the eyes to my heart so that I might see. Seeing beyond what I see. It's called faith. So I'm asking you as as the church, as the congregation, I'm asking you to see things before they come to pass. I'm asking you to see this auditorium filled. Boy, that'd be nice. I sure hope so. Well, I don't know. We get a new preacher. Maybe that might happen. I might have a pink slip in my box this week, right? But you see, if we don't believe that, how's it going to come about? It's just going to magically, we stand at the window and just say, well, that'd be great, man, that'd be wonderful. Boy, I wish contributions would go up, but I'm still giving my $20. Can you see it before it comes to pass? I'm asking us, all all of us, to pray about this. God, allow us to see beyond what we see. Stretch us. Stretch us to where you want us to be.
And then when we get there, may we give you praise and glory for it. And may we start all over again. May we start again and believe you for greater things to come. And their eyes were open, the scripture says. Not to a dream. Not to wouldn't it be great. Wouldn't it be wonderful. But their eyes were open to experience all the goodness that God had for them to see. I don't know if these men ever gave their life to the Lord after this. I don't know how they walk. I don't know what their walk was like. Except I know they told a lot of people. Has God opened your eyes? Has God opened your eyes lately to let you see and let you be reminded, just as Bob reminded us during the communion time again, is to allow you to see that you are saved? That we're saved people? That we rejoice and when Kyle leads us in these songs, we praise His name because we are saved. We're redeemed. Do I need to say that again? We're redeemed. We're saved people. And so now that we see that, may we go into the world, just as these blind men, may we go into the world and tell everybody who knows you're saved outside of your close friends or maybe your family. Who knows that you are? Too often we stand before our windows and we dream and we wish Wish it would be better. I wish I could give more. I wish I could share more. I wish I could be more of this or more of that. And all the while, perhaps it's as close as it's ever been. But yet we pull the blinds and we simply say, eh, maybe next time. Maybe next time. If, I, if you didn't know better and if you were to turn on TV today, especially this past week with this coronavirus... We know the seriousness of it. And it seems as though people are in a panic mode, and I understand that, especially if you live in certain parts of the country or the world. We understand that. But as I mentioned last week, I want you to remember that there's a virus that the world has. I, I pointed it out again. And the virus is sin, and when it's full-blown, it leads to death. And every person you see today that doesn't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, they are dying and they are going to hell unless someone tells them about the vaccine, which is Jesus Christ. We would not hesitate to tell our neighbors, here's the vaccine for this virus you have. We want to save them to bring them to this world. God wants them to be saved so he can take them to that world forevermore I think sometimes we fail to knock we fail to seek so therefore we fail to find oh if we would only have enough courage to do only what he has promised or given us permission to do is to ask because our, our belief activates God's movement, movement within us it does our belief opens doors to things not seen. Our belief causes God to unleash His favor, His healing, and His salvation and blessing on us. We must believe that. We must come into an acceptance of that in our lives. 
Our belief will either be be acted upon or once again shuffled at the bottom of the deck and just say, well, I sure hope year 2021 will be better than this one. I'm claiming for 2020 to be our best year ever. And as I look around this room, we got a long ways to go. It may be a short time to get there, as the song used to say. But I know my God can do it. Because I believe. He's asking you today, do you believe? God is looking for ordinary people to do and trust an extraordinary God. Will it be us? Will it be you? Do you believe? So ask God to open your eyes. Open your eyes, the eyes of your heart, and allow you to see the things that you have been missing. All of that takes place. All it takes for your eyes to be opened. Do you know what it takes for your eyes to be opened? To what God has for you? A humble heart. A bent knee. Coming before God. And simply saying, Yes, I believe. What's your response today? Come together as we stand and sing.